The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin joining us today with Ag and Investment out of Webster City, Iowa. It was report day. The WASDE report came out at 11 o'clock today. And I kind of joked with you, Sue, at the beginning when we were talking. Nice to see a little bit of green on the screen, but it is just that. Just a little bit of green. Well, it is. Uh, the uh, Actually, the report was most friendly for corn. The uh, U.S. numbers, of course, the, the trade was expecting a, a carryout or ending stocks number of about 2.312 billion bushels. They expected a 40 million bushel decline from last month because of good exports. Well, the USDA did increase exports uh, pretty nicely. Um, they uh, basically increased the exports about uh, 25 million and or let me take that back about 175 million on the old crop corn and then they increased ethanol usage as well by about 50 million bushels so uh, the net result is it lowered the carryout and the carryout ended up being here in March 2.127 billion bushels so uh, pretty nice now the USDA did lower their estimate for uh, Argentine corn they went from um, I want to say 39 down to 36, so they dropped that, 3 million metric tons. Global stocks went down as well, and so everything was basically positive towards the corn market. Uh, when we looked at the beans, the uh, USDA, WASDE, basically lowered exports on beans. Traders were thinking that the carryout wouldn't change, that it would stay the same. But uh, basically, they lowered exports by 35 million bushels, and then they increased the crush by 10 million bushels. So the net 25 million bushels went right into the ending stocks and raised the ending stocks to 555 million bushels. So we got to keep in mind that uh, I think since 1968 or 1970, this is the we've only had four other years. We've been over 500 million, uh, but you know they're even talking that as we go down the road towards 2018-19, that our carryout could end up being less just because of all the demand for for protein uh, with the chicken industry and what have you. And that was the other thing. The egg sets was up about 2%, and um, broilers, uh, chick placements was up about 1%. So, And they're good soy meal and corn users as well. So... You know, the report was very friendly to corn. Uh, one thing we are thinking, though, as um, you look at Argentina, the farmer's going to hold on to his beans. He's not going to sell the beans. He'll opt to sell the corn and the wheat because he's not taxed on that. And, of course, with the weather the way it is, he's going to be a little concerned as well. And the country will keep their beans to crush They'll import maybe 3 million metric tons of beans rather than one and a half uh, this year. They'll get beans from Paraguay and, and maybe some from Brazil. But uh, the bottom line is is that um, they're going to push the front end. They're going to be pushing corn exports and wheat exports in efforts to try to generate income and what have you. And that could compete just a little bit with us for a moment. 
but the long term, I think, um, if anything, this really speaks to the concerns for Safrina Brazilian second crop corn that it has to really do well because we're looking at the U.S. on the potential declined acres this year and then uh, increasing usage with uh, ethanol and with feed usage and exports. It's going to be kind of an interesting uh support for the market we should see better prices in the corn now when you say better prices in the corn could we see four dollars maybe i think so um right now december corn is at 410 that's where it closed today was 410 and a quarter and last year's high for the dece contract of 2017 was 417 so we're only seven, six and three quarters cents away from last year's high on the D's corn. So, you know, farmers out here do need to feel a little better because I think they had thought that they had really missed the boat and, you know, were really concerned this year because of struggling with prices and what have you and got large supplies. But that said, what it tells me is, is that we're probably going to see a chance for something a little better. Uh, I am noticing, though, and hearing lots of talk that farmers are stepping up to the plate and selling new crop corn uh, uh, over $4 a little bit more aggressively this year than they did a year ago. Now, that might be a clue, too, that prices are going to head higher over the long term. Uh, we certainly, our corn market will be very sensitive to weather this year. And, you know, you've talked about that really since you know last end of harvest last year that there was going to be a lot of market influence especially as we got closer and closer to spring planting and so far that's holding up well i think that when i look at the corn market i think we're coming out of a prolonged negative phase and i i look at the corn and i have to say now granted global stocks may be a little bigger on wheat today but when i look at corn i think that uh, we're looking at a market you asked me about $4 corn. I hate to say it, but Susan, I think we have a chance for five and on the board. And so that would maybe be something in a four, but maybe in the upper fours. Uh, one thing I did hear, and I think this is another sign farmers are letting loose of corn. I heard of uh, Valero in uh, Welcome, Minnesota, was saying that um, they're full of corn for April, June, and July. And their pipeline is three-fourths full already for every month this year. Um, That means that the basis is probably not going to be real sweet because they won't be bidding. But on the same token, it says farmers have been aggressive sellers. Most definitely. Well, stick around, folks. We have more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up here in just a moment. We'll talk a little weather. Also look at the steel and aluminum. Is that going to have a factor? It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. South at 4V Ranch in St. Francis, Meitler Herfords in Lucas, and Jamison Herfords in Quinter. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin's joining us, Ag and Investment out of Webster City, Iowa. We were talking weather before we went to break, and I've been hearing some talk, Sue, that there just might be some precipitation moving into um, Argentina. Well, there is. The um, European uh, model, the 10-day forecast, did kind of indicate that there could be some rain across the central and eastern portions of Argentina during the last few days of the 10-day forecast. And so, and it even looked at 
uh, measurable amounts, and it almost looks like the amounts could be, you know, maybe a 40% coverage. Uh, they might be light showers, you know, anywhere from 3,500s to maybe a half inch, but um, that's the best forecast that's come out in quite some time. And, of course, that forecast also talked about a half to two and a half inches across um, parts of other parts of Argentina as well. So um, it's going to be interesting because, you know, a half to two and a half inches they certainly could use. And if it misses a little bit and hits more of the coverage, that's going to be um, a nice surprise and one never knows. Seasonally, though, as you move towards the end of March and into April, Argentina does tend to catch rains. It's kind of a just that time of the year. Which will be good news, like you said, for producers. Now, unfortunately, to producers in the south, it is definitely stressful in the plains. Um, high winds, warmer temperatures. I know when I was driving back from Texas this, on, on Monday and Tuesday, did see some moisture that had come in over the weekend that helped the wheat crop out. But it's not going to be enough at this point from producers that I actually spoke to at a gas station. And you say it doesn't come as a surprise to you either. No. In fact, um, I know Twitter had pictures of those uh, of various fields in Oklahoma that had uh, caught some rain and had greened up. Um, it's amazing. It's almost like a weed, you know, how fast that crop could green up. But as it comes out of dormancy, it really does need, and it heads towards um, heading out, that crop needs rain, and it needs it consistently. So we'll see if they're able to get it. Uh, the GFS and the European model do indicate, though, that the western side of the hard red winter wheat belt may catch some rain. And we'll see. I don't know how aggressive those rains will be, but it is talking it. So that's at least a step in the right direction. Some frustrations as we switch gears. Let's look at the livestock. Some frustrations with this cattle market today? Well, certainly, I, you know, I've been kind of a, uh, a pro, um, how do I want to say, a positive person towards cattle, and um, looking for us to still have one more little push before we would push down into summer. And, um, but this week has been a little disappointing. Um, the cash market, you know, you've got the packer making very good money, triple digits, and that means he's going to keep processing as fast as he can go and as many head as he can go. Uh, but in the meantime, he's making good money on the product and demand is picking up and you're going into the, the biggest demand months as you start moving into April and May. And so, you know, you would think that he's going to continue to, to bid. The problem is the feedlots are full and I think they feel compelled that if there, there's a little chatter on the board, they feel compelled to move cattle. And so we've seen cattle trade here, and for the most part, steady to maybe down a dollar this week. And that's a little disappointing. You know, we had a chance with a storm to the north, a blizzard moving across the, the Dakotas, Minnesota, um, you know, Montana, up into Saskatchewan and Manitoba, and thought possibly, because those are areas where cattle have been stressed, and I'm hearing some death loss. But... Um, it didn't really bother the market much. It gave you a nice Monday rally, but then it just sort of faded away. And by the close, we had a singleton high on the charts. And that's a little concerning. That's a negative sign when it's over on top of you. And um, then we tried yesterday to lift a little bit, and we couldn't go much of anywhere. 
And so, again, the market gave it up, and that was a feeble attempt. So today they got with the program and they sold into the market. So we'll see what happens. Um, we do have timing here for tomorrow on uh, cattle, and it's coming in as a low. So, and a year ago, cattle did put a low in on the 9th. In fact, they've been kind of sideways into that and then started to get their move. Will we do the same thing again? Possibly. Uh, my daily indicators, my tricks is tipped up from a low level. The floater's still negative at 5% and the timer's negative at 7% on the April fats. You're getting the Goldman Rule uh, where they're moving away from April into June. So that's kind of giving that spread, you know, it's kind of weighing on the spread a little bit. Um, you know, it just it just doesn't feel good to me. And there's so many bears out there on purely nothing but um, supplies. All right. Sounds good. Final bell went quick today. Lots of information, folks. Sue, if um, they want to talk more with you, find out about the markets and work with you, what's the best way to reach you? Our number is 1-800-527-0051. And you have a great day. All right. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.